Welcome to Musician. I'm your host, Andrew LaPau. Let's start the show. Get on that bird and go. I want to clean like the highway. A boss and instinct, we do it my way. It's raining out there, so why play? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode five of Musician. My guest today is Ben Delacour, a tremendous singer-songwriter born in London but grew up in Brooklyn and then moved to Cuba and L.A. and New Orleans, and now he's in Nashville, and he was my roommate for six months, and he is a great songwriter, and I'm just going to get right into our conversation uh, with Ben Delacour. Enjoy. I was feeling low and lazy I didn't see much of anything Just felt lonely and alone And I spent a long time wondering Am I stupid or just crazy? But your thoughts they sometimes wonder When you're far away from home And that lonely stretch of highway Took me back to some old feeling that land against me gently like a willow on the wind and somewhere in that stillness a part of me was leaving and somewhere in the distance I heard a blackbird sing yeah I went down to Dido underneath the howling sky where the body of a man I never knew did lie And the road goes on forever past factories, farms, and fields. But it won't leave you with anything that you can leave behind. And I dance down with my dark haired girl, the ghostly Mississippi. And I drank enough to sink a ship, and I waited on some sign. Oh, this looks good. All right, we got Ben Delacour. Sullivan in the studio. Jimmy Sullivan's holding a big upright bass, and Ben is playing a really pretty Epiphone big, big guitar. What is that? Uh, I think it's the Epiphone. It's like the Epiphone, the, the J200 Epiphone model, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Nice. I know. I finally I got a real guitar. <laughs> what were you playing before that? Tanglewood. Okay. I like that guitar. I liked it too. I mean, yeah. It was I'm like, still... it was very you. Yeah. Um, you guys look so it ready to play. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I'm I want to bullshit a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's bullshit. But, uh, I'm, dude, I prefer to bullshit to play any <laughs> any day. Um, okay, so Ben Delacour, you spent most of your adult life in New Orleans. I spent a lot of my adult life in New Orleans. I also spent it kind of bumming around, like in different places. I lived in London for for four and a half years, and I lived. Uh, Were you born in London? I was born there. I left okay. when I was one, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was born there. Okay, and what part of, like, what neighborhood? Uh, I know it was in the south of mm-hmm. London. And um, then you moved to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And how long did you live in Brooklyn for? Uh, until I was seventeen. Yeah. So you. That's where I grew up. So you're you're a Brooklynite. I consider myself yeah. as such, or like a reformed Brooklynite, <laughs> because I I think Brooklyn means a very different thing. 
uh, now mm-hmm. than it did when I was a kid. You uh, know, you know, like I, I'm from New York too, but I'm from New Rochelle, New York, so I'm from a suburb, and you're from upstate. That's not upstate. <laughs> it is if you're from the city, though. Everywhere, everywhere above like Yonkers is upstate. If you're from, if you're from Brooklyn, it is upstate. From... <laughs> yeah, um, it's downstate. Actually, there is a downstate New York, and that's basically just Lower Westchester. <laughs> it's so bullshit. People from Westchester will get really upset. I mean, like you go up to like Somers or whatever, and people will be like, "Yeah, it's pretty much upstate." Well, yeah, people like New Rochelle's upstate, and like Buffalo is Canada. You know, <laughs> Buffalo is Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's South Canada. Uh, in Rochester. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you ever been to Binghamton? No. Okay, good. No, never go. No, I, it's not. It's pretty far down the list. <laughs> Just above Cincinnati. <laughs> I've been to Cincinnati so many times. I actually do like that city. You've been there so many times. You called Cincinnati. I was there with the Thrill Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, okay, so we know each other because we were roommates. Yeah, you were my first, uh, when I first moved here from New Orleans, you were my, uh, you were my first roommate. Yeah, we matched on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, that was, uh, it feels like a long time ago, but it was not long ago. It was pretty long, a year and a half. year and a half? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've lived in like five places since then, though. <laughs> How many jobs have you had? Oh, dude, like 11, <laughs> not 10 or 11. That's awesome. I know. I love just like I remember like we were too similar living together because I remember cooking dinner one night and just being like, "Why am I so pissed?" Like you know when you just feel pissed for no reason. I do. Yeah. And uh, you came into the house and you said, "I'm filled with rage," <laughs> and we were both so just pissed off, but like not at each other. We were just pissed, and then we ate food and we were both like. Man, thank God we got that food in our bellies because we're not pissed anymore. But yeah. it was <laughs> hangry, man. It's a thing. Hangry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we we're just hangry. Yeah. Okay, so um, man. Okay, let's hear a song. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Um, gonna play a song called "Anybody Like You." I've been turned around. I've been turned loose. I've been beaten up, broken down, yesterday's news Hit the highway, took the low road too But i never seen anything quite like you I seen a heart breaking like a summer storm I saw the Cadillac moon, it just made me yawn but when I'm with you, babe, it's all brand new No, i never seen anything quite like you I've been so many people, now my back's against the wall I just want to be the one who loves you best of all Drank enough brown liquor to make a man burst I never ever met a problem that I couldn't make worse Tough times don't last but tough folks do And I never met anyone tougher than you 
I've been so many people, now my back's against the wall. I just want to be the one who loves you best of all. solid thank you that was real solid when'd you write that song i guess about uh i don't know eight months ago it's gonna be on the new album oh sweet Mm -hmm. when uh so how's that coming along about halfway recorded now Mm -hmm. we just did some tracking yesterday it's been kind of uh piecing it together where have you been tracking that um did about four (laughs) (laughs) funny story funny story top secret location you can't hear it I feel like this has something to do with Jimmy's house. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, uh, got some free studio time at like the Art Institute of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so they had a, they were like, oh, you could probably come down and like, you know, do lay down some guitar tracks. For, you know, we have like four hours of the class. And then we went down and pretty much did like four tracks. Did the record. <laughs> like, like four songs with like uh, Sam Wiseman on drums, Jimmy Sullivan on cool. bass, Ryan Dishon, who I, was your guest like mm-hmm. a couple of days ago or a week yeah. ago a month ago I don't know on guitar doing some lead and I was playing guitar and singing and we just did most of it live and then we did a another song at our friend's studio yesterday um, which is kind of a more it's gonna s- stick out like a sore thumb on the album I think it's like <laughs> almost like a I don't know man like it's like it's definitely a lot louder than the other songs but I like that cool yeah yeah, well, you come. You're, you're an interesting uh, breed of musician because your songs are all acoustic. They're all pretty minimal instrumentation-wise, with acoustic guitar, you know, acoustic bass and drums. But you have a really hard musical taste. Like you can go, you can talk for hours about metal. Yeah, I love metal. Um, <laughs> you you probably you know more about metal than anybody I know in Nashville, um, <laughs> or or you know New York punk or anything. You just you're kind of a you're kind of a warehouse of musical influences. Of, of useless, but none of them are good. Like if I could have been influenced by like the Beatles a little more, maybe I'd be a little more successful <laughs> instead of Slayer. <laughs> what was the what changed in you to to go from a metal guy to to this style? I mean, I always grew up listening to a lot of basically because of my parents like a lot of old folk music and country music and um well maybe not so much country but kind of like west coast country you know like the the cocaine cowboys kind of stuff mm-hmm. like the, like the eagles and jackson brown and love warren zivon and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um little feet and all those bands and like but i also grew up you know listening to a lot of metal and and punk and my brother and i used to play in metal bands growing up like since we were kids we'd be like 12 years old playing in cbgb's it like We'd have to hide in the dressing room, come out and play, and then they'd be like, get the fuck out. <laughs> you're 12 years old. You can't be hanging out at the bar. Oh, man. So you were hanging out at CBGB's. Well, I mean, I wasn't hanging out there. Oh. I mean, we were playing there, but oh, we, weren't, yeah. we weren't allowed to hang out. Right. Oh, that's cool. 12 yeah. years old playing CBGB's? It was pretty rad. It was yeah. all downhill from there. That was probably like <laughs> the apex. Yeah, apex of my musical career. So you had a... Did you have a just a duo band with your brother? No, I mean, we had like a revolving... Because, like, dude, when you're 12, like 15, everybody like wants to play guitar and sing. 
you know, my brother was a drummer. Nobody wanted to play bass. So it was basically me shanghaiing various people into like playing bass for one show. They had no idea what they were doing. Then they'd be like, dude, this is horrible. I don't want to do this. And then we'd find another bass player. Another, uh-huh. You know, we spent like 10 years playing and touring and like our metal, various metal bands and, and made a couple of albums. It was a lot of fun. But like the whole time I was listening to like folk and acoustic and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I mean, we'd be touring like, and we'd be have nothing but like, you know, Towns Van Zandt in the van and then we'd be going like playing like some like you know thrash metal for like four people That's and then sick. go back and listen to Captain Beefheart so it's kind of like in the end I kind of was like well I don't even think I like playing this kind of music anymore mm-hmm. you know I got to like 23 24 and I was like man I'm, I've been playing acoustic guitar for a long time and like messing around with folk songs and stuff I mean none of them were good but I was like okay I can you know I'd like to try to just be on the road and playing shows like just me and a guitar and when did you? What age were you when you started doing that? Uh, twenty four. Twenty four, mm-hmm. and you just said, "Okay, I've got all these acoustic songs written. I'm gonna take it on the road." Well, no, it's more like kind of like I've been listening to that kind of music for like long enough where I kind of was like, I don't know, maybe there's a way I can like, you know, try, try doing this. Try like, a different angle on your music. Or yeah, just or just like it? I was like kind of bored of just like getting up there and like screaming into the microphone and you know just playing this music that like i wasn't even that into anymore and it just became too involved and i was just like i had a little four track and i just started doing stuff like that i mean the first year or two of writing that stuff was terrible like (laughs) it's got a little less terrible now but it was like a definitely a you know something i was like oh okay i'm really bad at this i'd like to get a little better yeah yeah you're one of the uh, like I, I meet and I run into a lot of songwriters and we do talk about it but you are the most uh, like of, of, of a lot of people I know you're very set in what you believe is good songwriting and I admire that in you like you have a you've like a, you you walk around with litmus paper all the time when you hear music you know <laughs> does that make any sense? I like, mean I think I only apply that to like these kind of songs though because like you know like if you're listening to rock and roll like the lyric is like luai luai is like that's perfect like yeah you're not going to get much better than that like for a rock and roll song so it's not like i don't think that that applies but yeah if you're listening to a singer songwriter thing i mean i'm not saying you go out and you're constantly analyzing and critiquing things but you do have like it seems like you have a very natural uh mm, it's kind of a short list of guys that you're like really yeah. into you have songwriting your, game. You have, <laughs> you, you have, what, yeah, yeah. you have a standard and things need to live up to a certain standard and I like that about you because especially us living together, like I just remember you sitting in your room with the door open with your back to the door playing your guitar and going over one verse over and over again making sure that it's right. That's yeah. I mean, I think that you know anybody who does this kind of stuff or writes, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, whether they're like a songwriter or another kind of writer or anything. Like I'm sure people who make movies, like directors, like sit mm-hmm. in the on the cutting floor room, you know, like for fucking hundreds of hours going over one scene. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that like if you're gonna do, especially because if you're out there with just like a guitar or like Jimmy and I playing, people are gonna listen to every word, and it only takes like one bad line to yeah. kind of like zap people out of a song That's and then true. be like wait what's going on and then then you lost it you know yeah well i mean it, it flies in the face of that type of uh critique self-criticism and perfectionism kind of flies in the face of 
uh, radio, like lyrics you hear on the radio. Because like if you ever like Google's an actual song that's on the radio and Google the lyrics, it's ridiculous what the lyrics look like reading them down. But I mean, there's there's how lyrics look on paper and how they sound. Like a lot of th- like it's only really important how they sound. Like if you're if you're if you're writing lyrics to look good on paper, then you're either. But your lyrics look good on paper. I'd say I I've mean, seen them look on paper. Well, I mean, thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like you go in these uh, songwriting, uh, uh, what are they? Uh, just like uh, meetups and stuff, and uh, and you got to print out the lyrics like that. That that that's what it looks like. It's like looking yourself in the mirror when you see it on paper or you see someone else's yeah. on paper. It's uh. it's terrifying. I mean, that's. I mean, I think like you kind of want to get. I don't know, like. If you look at like Guy Clark or John Prine and you look at their lyrics, they look pretty, they look good on paper. You mm-hmm. know, those guys write to the word, but they also sound great. Yeah. And like it's easier to make something look great on paper and then it doesn't sound right. And it's hard when you're like, man, that's such a, man, that's such a cool lyric. Like I'm so smart. Like this is so good. <laughs> but then you sing and you're like, it just sounds bad. Yeah. And like it's hard to be like, all right, I got to cut that out because you're like, but everyone's going to be think I'm so clever. I'm like, you're going to be <laughs> yeah, so impressed. That, that's what I fall. I think, yeah. like, what a clever dude. Man. I know. And you're patting yourself on the back with one hand and, like, punching yourself in the balls with the other one. You know? And you're like, and it's hard, man, to know which one. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. You're kind of like, oh, man, that's a good, that's a really good analogy. Oh, thanks, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> Pat yourself and punch yourself in the balls. But you know what I mean? It's hard. Like, I think that's one of the hardest parts of songwriting. It's like, oh, that verse is great, but it's got to go. Like, mm. it just doesn't. It doesn't serve the song, and it doesn't, and it's hard, you know. But do, do you have any songs that are, you know, have a like a Rolling Stone vibe that are just ongoing, like just verbal vomit of? I mean, I'm not saying that song is verbal. Vomit. No, but I'm I, just saying it's long and it has all these verses. And I try to progressively. One thing that I've learned uh, living in Nashville for the year and a half I've been here is like tightening everything up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's easy to think you're Bob Dylan, but you're not. Mm-hmm. Like Bob Dylan can write a song like that or Desolation Row in twelve minutes long and it's awesome. Yeah. Like none of us can. <laughs> like, sorry man, we're not Bob Dylan. You know, like yeah. you got we gotta write three minute songs. Like, you know, and and so for me it's like that's how most of my songs start. They're like ten pages long and then I have to like keep whittling it down and whittling it down and cutting it and cutting it and cutting it and try to get to like and a lot of the times you cut it down to like nothing and it's still bad and then you have to get rid of it. Most of the time that's what happens. I mean, you know, you're a songwriter. Uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to see a song through to the end and then throw it out. That's, but that's part of it though. Like yeah. that's, it is hard, but it's like, you know, having a relationship, like it's like you either, when a relationship ends, you either are like, oh, that was a total waste of time, <laughs> which is the wrong attitude in my yeah. mind. Then you should be like, Hey, I learned stuff. Yeah. You know, like process that it. was cool. Like, like, or, I mean, it might be horribly, horribly painful, but you know, you can, you get to a point where you look back and you're like, all right. I won't hopefully make that mistake again. I learned something, and I had some wonderful times with that person. So that was great. I'm not going to look back in, in bitterness on it. I think a song is the same. You might work on it for, you know, I've had songs I worked on for like a year, and then I finally finished and more felt to the point I was finished, and I was like, man, this is not good. It'll never be good. I have to throw it away. What do you think your best song is? Uh, the one I just wrote yesterday, obviously. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Are we going to get to hear that? Uh, no, I didn't memorize it yet. Okay. Um, Plus, I almost certainly hated in like a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have how many albums? Well, I have two that I kind of recorded. I have three in total, but only one that I will ever allow anyone to hear, which is the last one, um, which I recorded about a year and a half ago. It's called Ghost Light. 
since I recorded in New Orleans just before I, before I moved here. And the other two were like home recorded albums. Ghostlight has I Went Down to Dido on it. And mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the one I, the first studio album I did. The other two were just kind of like Garage Man, and then I overdubbed stuff. Okay. But no one will ever hear those again. Do you and do you have a SoundCloud page? Yeah, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's the best way for people to hear your music? Um, either my website, which is bendelacore.com, or uh, I have a Bandcamp page, which is same bendelacore, and uh, my SoundCloud, which is also bendelacore. But if you go to my website, it links to my SoundCloud and my uh, Bandcamp page where you can stream the album, download the album. I got physical and digital copies. Yeah, great. Um, all that kind of stuff. Got a like upcoming shows, tours, that kind of. And what are you playing next? What's your next show? Um, the next Nashville show is actually on the eighth at the building. Either February eighth. Yeah. Oh, cool. A couple of days, and then I'm playing on the. That's Monday. Yeah. So you yeah, can't so go it is to, You can't go to. I can't. You're yeah. right. <laughs> well, I'll be playing if you don't want to. Yeah. yeah shoot. Well, I, yeah, shoot. Well, I'll come. What, what are, you are you? Yeah. Do you want me to play? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. We just formed a band. Jimmy. Just now. Jimmy yeah. is Jimmy is the most patient person I've ever played with. I'm like, hey, so Jimmy, uh, what you doing? Like a couple of hours, man. He's like, I don't know, just hanging out. I'm like, well, uh, you want to like come in the studio with me and lay down a couple of trash? Or I'm like, oh hey, I got a show tonight. You want to play? Or like. Oh yeah, but by the way, all those charts that we that you spent like hours meticulously writing out, like I totally changed that song. So like, is it cool if we just do it on the fly? <laughs> One day Jimmy's just gonna kill me. <laughs> He's a professional. That's why I have to surround myself with professionals like Jimmy Sullivan, so I I can get away with being an idiot. Jimmy Sullivan is one of the most professional bass players. He in really town. is. Yeah. yeah, he really is. Jimmy Sullivan, if you all don't know, just got off the road with Leanne Womack. Yeah. Yeah. You have fun out there, Jimmy. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Definitely better treatment than I'm used to. Yeah, right? That's how they treat you at the top. Like I'm going to be spoiled from now on. Yeah. Just caviar every day. <laughs> you guys want to play another? Sure. Um, you want to do And Going Down That Road? Yeah. This is a song that we recorded yesterday um, that I think is going to stand out of the sore thumb, but I think it'll, you know, I like that. Um, can I film you with my GoPro camera? Yeah, man. I heard Mr. Williams say we're all just standing around a hole in the ground. Some of us fall right in while the rest are busy hanging around. And the devil's scratching down the back door. We can call it even from the morning light. Cause I ain't Chest, but that bird is looking ragged and tall Sometimes it's easy to forget yourself When you're trying to make your way in the storm Each day the world gets a little more empty And burns a little more bright But I ain't going down that road tonight I ain't going I 
said that before rock the fuck on but that uh inspired me to say that thanks man yeah man it yeah. sounds like you spent some time as an amateur fist fighter i did I, I did actually it was one of one of the weirdest like i don't know even know how it happened like i was my parents are both you know i'm like a middle class kid my mom's a teacher um and i don't know man like i just something went wrong in my head when I was like a kid and I just started getting in fights all the time and then like I just there, I, where I grew up in Brooklyn right near this uh, boxing gym called Gleason's Gym which is like a pretty pretty famous yeah, yeah uh, of course and I don't know my dad one day was like why don't you go down there so I went down there and I just kind of got hooked and I spent like that was kind of when I I guess I was like 14 14 or 15 and I, yeah I guess I was 14 and uh I just kind of like quit playing guitar on that day and just started like getting really into boxing kind of like makes five years of my life that's what i did i didn't, I didn't really play guitar at all and how old were you, you 14 and 19 between, between 14 and 19 uh-huh um and you and you did some fighting right? yeah i had a bunch of fights and stuff mm-hmm. and uh it was fun you know i kind of got to the point though like i heard talking about it, you have to be objective with with songwriting like i got to the point where i was like all right i'm not good enough to be like you know a professional like I, I enjoyed doing it but you know you, you started looking at a lot of the, the old boxers and trainers even like amateur I, I didn't even really want to be a professional but and they're like you know severely punch drunk or you know you know and it's it's yeah. dude, it's really sad and you're like man these guys 
and I started thinking, I was like, man, I got, I've got beaten up a lot of times, like, <laughs> like, you know, in the ring and stuff. And I was like, I don't think I want that for myself, you know? Yeah. Would you just feel awful losing a fight just physically? It's a really, and... bad, it's a really bad feeling. Um, but winning is like one of the best because like by the same token, like if you lost, you don't have a team. I was never into team sports. I was never right. very good at sports growing up. But uh, like, I don't know, like if you lose, it's like all on you. But if you win, it's like all you. Yeah. It's like the best feeling. Yeah. But it's terrifying, man. I used to sit in the changing room getting my hands wrapped before a fight and just think, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> like, you know, I'm going out here like in front of a bunch of strangers to fight some other stranger. Like... Were you a middleweight? I was a super middleweight. Super middleweight. Mm-hmm. Okay. 168 pounds. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It was something. You know, I was, you know, that was like seeing Rocky for the first time when I was in sixth grade. It probably was... had a lot to do with it for me. <laughs> 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 I was a very impressionable young man. I'm still very impressed. just the, the whole, his whole thing was so inspiring to me when like, eating the raw egg was like blowing my mind. Just like how dedicated he was and how yeah. dumb he was at the same time was, was, was a huge thing. Like I just remember being like, this guy's all heart. Yeah. You know? oh, You're all fight. heart rock. <laughs> He's a bum rock. He's a bum. Wait, is that one line? You're all heart. Does he say that? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> But well, dude, the thing the thing with boxing that really got turned me off is like, Rocky has a lot to answer for because it never stops hurting getting punched in the face. Like you can get punched in the face like a thousand times. Every time it still really really hurts. Yeah, you know, I'm you sure. You can't get used to it. Yeah, Rocky I mean, looked like it didn't even bother those him. Those are the worst choreographed fights. I mean, oh, it's yeah. like the guy gets hit with a hammer like fifty times. It's like, why don't you duck or block at all? Like the ref would have stopped <laughs> that fight like a thousand times over. Also, the windups. Too. Yeah, they like to take four shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true, man. I always thought that uh, Carl Weathers, you know, like Apollo Creed, mm-hmm. out of any athlete I've seen in any like boxing movie, would have made the best fighter, like in real life. Oh yeah, like dude, he had he looked like he had some silky skills, man. Like he yeah. could have been a real fighter. Like if I don't know, like in terms of his physical ability, at least. There's always that one scene that sticks out with him was when he's like he's doing promo for the fight, the upcoming. He's like. But tell your kids to be doctors, tell them to be lawyers, tell them to teach, you know, don't tell them, don't go into boxing. I was like, no, but I won't, no, but you gotta go into boxing. I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta do it, man. I gotta, I just gotta. Uh, but then you spent, did you spend, you spent time overseas in the Caribbean? Uh, in Cuba, yeah. I yeah. spent uh, eight months there when I was 19. Like, that was also a, a weird thing. Um, man, but that's, no one gets to say that. No, I know. I'm super lucky. I'm, dude, I'm lucky with everything in my life. Like, I feel like, even though I'm like a miserable fuck, like I feel like, like I'm one of the most fortunate, and like one of the luckiest people I know. That's great. And yeah. you're a Gemini, right? I am. You know, I'm not into astrology and shit, but I'm a Gemini, and my friend Leslie is always telling, uh, breaking down my personality mm-hmm. by giving me astrological traits and stuff like that. So it yeah, does I mean, rub it's off. Yeah, a Gemini on trait, you know. It is, right? To be completely miserable and completely, like, appreciative of all the gifts that you have in At life, the same right? Time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's better than all the way in one direction. It is. Maybe. Well, I don't get My friend was telling me the other day, he was like, I'm having, like, you know, I'm having these problems with... You know, just like relationships and stuff, and like I don't know, I'm I'm at an he's 29. He's like I'm at an age where I feel like I should already have this stuff figured out. I'm like, no, nah, dude, never figure doubt it out. Doubt is the name of it. Like, if you live, you live in doubt of so many things, and that's just how it is. Just deal with it. 
But it's so hard to deal with it. It's hard to deal with it, man. Like, but you know, I mean, you're gonna feel down no matter what you do. So you might as well do what you what you want to do. I think it is like uh, getting on uh, getting on a surfboard or getting on a snowboard or whatever, and you're just trying to find your groove, and then you hit that groove some point, and then there's times where you don't. And that's well, and then you still don't know what's going on. You're still kind of scared, but from the outside perspective, people look at you like, "Oh man, that guy's a big good surfer." And you're like, "I hope there are no fucking sharks in here." Yeah, just don't let them see you sweat. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you wanna wanna play another one? Yeah. All right, yeah, this song, um, I, I have a good friend, and I haven't seen her in a while, but she used to tell me, she was like, man, all your songs are such bummer songs like and i was like i mean what do you want me to write a song about i mean she meant it and I, I like to think she meant it in a nice way she might she may not have but i was like you know um what do you want me to write a song about you want me to write a song about like a, like windmills and trees or something and she's like yeah actually i want you to write a song about windmills and trees so i went home and i wrote this um i learned a lot about it i'm trying to i'm trying to sell this song to a uh, sesame street Honestly, I think it'll be a, a good, you know, it's like an, it's like an informative song, an, an informative ballad. Maybe I should corner the What's it called? informative ballad market. Windmills and Trees. Windmills and Trees. Here we go. Those high-heeled boots that go up past your knees I don't mean to pry, I just try to please So I wrote you this song about windmills and trees Alright, trees The swamp cypress tree is a hundred feet high From the Delaware Bay down to Mississippi Flowering dogwood flowers in May From hill country Texas way up into Maine The American elm tree lives for a long time Resistant to cold, prefers the sunshine Pinus ponderosa, the tallest of pines Has sweet orange bark that smells like summertime George Washington chopped down his dad's cherry tree If he did or he didn't, don't matter to me I'm more into arboreal taxonomy So I wrote you this song about windmills and trees Alright, windmills there are two types of windmills being used today Those with either horizontal or vertical planes 
invented by Greeks in the first century as a means of converting wind to energy. If I had a windmill, I'd live in the tower and we'd sit up there talking while we the hour. I'd build us a bunk bed for when we had guests, a rainwater shower and all of the rest. Yes, if I had a windmill, we'd have us a time. I'd wash down the sun with a bottle of wine. But I don't have a windmill, I'm here and I'm gone. So it's daydreams and promises that I live on. Trees and windmills, windmills and trees. Those high-heeled boots that go up past your knees. I don't mean to pry, babe, I just try to please So I wrote you this song about windmills and trees So I wrote you this song about windmills and trees All right. Yeah. Well, I just learned a whole ton of... Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, Sesame Street would be full to pass it up. Windmills and trees. I love windmills. Great. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you then moved to, what held you when you moved to New Orleans? I was 24. Oh, you're 24. And you moved, and that move kind of coincided with your songwriting change. No, it was like about a year. My shit must have been 25, because it was, it was, I'd already been writing songs for like okay. a year. And you went just to go bartend and play songs? Yeah, pretty much. I moved there with my, uh, <clears throat> with my, <clears throat> with my ex-wife, and, uh. Well, she was my wife when I moved there. Okay. But she and quick, you moved from L.A., Quickly right? became my ex-wife. Yeah, I'd been living in L.A. for a little less than a year. Okay. I was, that was very... She was from L.A. Gotcha. I was only there very briefly. And you met her in L.A.? No, I met her uh, I met her in London when I was living there. She was there, and I was working at a bar. And she didn't drink at the time, but she was in there hearing some poetry reading thing. It was like a... a um, actually, the bar was owned by the girl I wrote that previous song for the windmills and trees one okay um and uh she was like hey you're american i was like hey you're american and we started <laughs> talking and then she was like oh i'm moving back to, you know we, we kind of dated for a few months and she's like oh, i'm moving back to la she's like you know come and i was like i never been to california why not so i moved back to la got married together for i don't know yeah. two years it's funny my girlfriend just asked me to move to la with her don't do it man <laughs> <laughs> Or do, you know, whatever. Or do, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but you can stand it out there? It wasn't for me, you know? Like, the whole West Coast is just not my kind of, my kind of place, Mm -hmm. you know? And you were in Venice, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in Venice, and, uh, you know, I spent a good deal of time playing shows up and down the West Coast. I like, I like Washington. Like Seattle, Washington. But dude, it's great. That's the only place on the West Coast that I'd would ever want to spend more than a week in, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's cool up there. And I, I went on, we took like an RV um, vacation when I was a kid, my family, and um, went out to, to Washington State and drove around the Olympic Peninsula and went fishing a lot and went into the rainforest up there. And it's awesome. So ever since, I was like That's cool. 11 or 12, I guess, at the time. So ever since then, I have like a real soft spot for 
for Washington. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So you got out of L.A., you couldn't, didn't like it, you moved to New Orleans. Yeah, we were actually on tour, and my ex-wife came on tour with me and uh, my friend Mark Cogman, and it was between L.A. and New Orleans, like a big kind of loop around. It's like a three-week mm-hmm. um, thing, and uh, kind of got to New Orleans, and we were just like, yeah, we got to, ba- you know, let's move here so we basically went back to LA packed up our stuff and drove out to New Orleans what was it about New Orleans that I mean I, I've been there so I know yeah it's yeah. just an intangible quality <laughs> yeah you know? it's Great. like and I loved it man I, I didn't want to leave you know but but after a few years of living there I was just like if I really want to be serious about doing this songwriting thing I gotta get out there's very little support for the songwriter down there yeah like well I mean compared to Nashville yeah, you know it's great for inspiration and I, I, I had a good life there and man like I have some great friends. There's some amazing musicians in New Orleans too, oh, yeah. like incredible. But but if you're a songwriter, especially writing the kind of music I'm doing, yeah, it's a lot harder, you mm-hmm. know. And like, I met this guy Bud Tower, who's a songwriter up here in Nashville. He's the whole reason I'm here. He he met me. He saw me at a show I was playing. And he came up to me. He's like, Hey man, if you ever want to be serious about playing music, you should come up to Nashville. Here's my was number. Was that the round I saw you in at the Commodore? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's Bud. Yeah, he's he's great, man. He's an awesome songwriter and just a great guy. He's I like, should have him on the podcast. Yeah, man, you totally should. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great people, man. He's a, like I said, I wouldn't be here without him. That's great, yeah. yeah. He gave me this guitar. Oh, shit, he gave it to you? Yeah. Fuck yeah. He's 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 good people and a super talented guy. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's had a cut for... Hank Williams Jr. Yeah, I think. and yeah. Leonard Skinner, and a bunch, and and a bunch of others too. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. rad. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Pretty uh, cool. Yeah, so so you just kind of like you know you're a bartender down there and you're just kind of living New Orleans until uh, yeah, and, for what four years? Yeah. Okay. And I was just like, man, I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know, sometimes a lot of times you get to like a juncture in your life and you don't realize till it's way too late that you went down one path or the other. This is one of the few times I identified. I was like, Oh, I, I can identify right that I'm right at a fork in the road. Yeah. You know? And I was like, I have to make a decision. And like, I was like, man, it's probably going to suck. Like it's going to be real hard, but like I got driven up here, you know, I was just like, I got to go. So I was like, I, I handed my notes to my job. I, uh, found someone to take over the room I was living in. And I got my, I didn't have a car. I didn't know anyone in Nashville except for Bud. Mm-hmm. you know I'd never even been up here and I just kind of she dropped me off at his house with like my stuff in her her trunk and just like was like alright see ya and then like kind of thanks to Bud he just you know I, I got you know I, I met you a couple of weeks after I first moved here I found a job pretty quickly which is lucky and, and I had you know I just and it was you know yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> you, moved in, you moved in with me mm-hmm. This is very... I will never forget the first night we went out together. It was the second... Like, you moved in, crashed the first night, and then we were like, hey, let's go to Drifters and get a beer. Well, it was like, let's go to Drifters. Well, hey, they're having $5, like, Angel's Envy whiskey night. Let's just get drink down a bunch of whiskeys, down a bunch of Guinnesses, and then go to Three Crow. And then I'm not going to name any names, but we, you almost got in a fist fight with a drummer of a very prominent... He was, songwriter dude he was talking he shit was, about taylor swift like he was talking shit about taylor swift dude i would def- i would defend her honor man and as a as a as a as a not only as a beautiful person but as an awesome songwriter man i was like well we we were like many beers in and the dude slammed his beer down and stood up and wanted to, and i was like oh shit this is gonna go down <laughs> yeah, man. Ben is defending taylor swift's honor yeah well it was, you know it was totally worth it 
Yeah. No, he wasn't going to do shit. But even, you know, I mean, it's Taylor Swift, man. Like, <laughs> she's awesome. Um, you Have you heard the new record? Of course. Yeah, you like it? I do. Yeah. You know, I I like all her stuff. I mean, I don't like every song on every record, but her songs that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite? Of all time? Mm-hmm. All time T Swizzle song, <laughs> dude. It's so hard to it's so hard to you know. It's like, what's your favorite meal? I think my favorite is Dear John. It's a pretty good one. My, yeah. uh, what I like about it is that it it's a total. It's not the one she wrote about John Mayer though, yeah. and I hate John Mayer. I hope you're not listening, John. If you are, I'm just kidding, bro. <laughs> Call me, man. Uh, love Taylor Swift, hate John Mayer. I guess that's how she feels too. Yeah, I mean, we have so much in common. <laughs> Okay, well, that was awesome. So it was great having you on. I could talk to you forever. Dude, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. It was awesome. Yeah. And thank you, Jimmy Sullivan, for playing. Yeah. My pleasure. So, you want to play us out? Sure. What do you want to play? Brandy, Brandy, Wonder Okay, Okay, yeah. Okay. I play with you guys? Hell yeah. Do we play this one in there? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Alright. Let me know when you're ready. So it's in the, yeah, it's in the A.
I believe that the road might be running deep inside And I don't know if you feel it, but I'd like to think you do It's not something that you borrow, steal, or even give away Baby, be my brandy wine Something that you borrow, steal, or even give away. Baby, be my brandy wine bouquet. Baby, be my brandy wine Sullivan on bass, Ben Delacour, songs and guitar and singing. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. So there you go. Some very real songs and some very real performances um, from a true singer-songwriter. I really hope you all enjoyed that. And uh, join me next week for the next episode of Musician. Have a great week, everybody. Down that moonlit road to the river rides. Past the cemetery and the shotgun shacks Past the crooked spine of the railroad tracks Somewhere we can be alone All the world is a tomb and the moon looks like She's a 73 And she wants to start